Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Lots of baseball to cover in the time while we were away. Few things to note. First up, Hall of Fame ballot. I personally am loving the era where guys that we grew up with are on the ballot. I like being able to have an opinion on mm. them other than, wasn't he just really old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm riding hard for Chipper Jones. No, shouldn't be any problem there, right? What about Andrew Jones? Now that yeah, that's a little more dicey. Big fan of of the alternate spelling of Andrew. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a hard one. So I'm interested. Who do you expect is who do you think is going to make? I think Chipper Jones has a good chance of being a first first ballot. Uh-huh. I think Jim Tomei <laughs> could get in. Uh, yes, I think. I don't know if he gets in this ballot. Or this time. Right. I, f- I feel like there's a case to be made for, or that, a case to be made for baseball writers thinking that he can sort of sit for a couple years and then. Yeah, let him earn. And it. then get in. Yeah. Especially, the, and part of the reason that I think that is because I'm, I never quite know how they're going to evaluate a steroids era player. I mean, he's never been accused of anything, but maybe if they feel like they give him a few more years, just in case somebody ever wants to spill some beans. Yeah, let's give him three years to make sure that no stories come out. Uh, Vlad? I think Vlad's going to make it. I think he's going to make this it. This is too. probably I his year. They said, give him one year and then bring him on back. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, one year because he played so much for the Expos and they're not. They're yeah, not he so played so in long. Canada. So you got it. Yeah, <laughs> the exchange rate on those stats. I'm not really sure what those <laughs> figure out. To but be. Uh, that, I think that might I think that might be it. I don't know. Um Trevor Hoffman, no, not he's gonna not going to make it. Seventy-four percent last year. I don't think. I think that might be his peak. <laughs> Poor guy. Good closer. Good closer, but uh, I mean, you know, I don't know how into the five thirty-eight stats you got this year and their uh, their goose egg tracking. They really dislike him. They do. <laughs> uh, Omar Vizquel, great defensive guy, but defense does not, not get you in the it. Hall of Fame. No, it doesn't. Speaking of which, Scott Scott Rowland. Yeah, defense does not get you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Quick exercise or an exercise for us here. I want to make the uh, make a little bet box action here. The Otani landing pool. We're going to do this draft style. I have eight things for us to draft. We're each going to draft four. So there's an ESPN article that went through the top. They said seven destinations. So I'm going to give you an eighth of the field. So... Here's what the draft is. It's going to be, we're going to go back and forth. You can go first. Dodgers, Yankees, Twins, Rangers, Mariners, Cubs, Giants, or the field. You can pick in any order you want. So you tell me, what's your first pick? Oh, boy. I'll go safe here. Mariners. Ooh, I'm going Yankees first pick. <laughs> I'll go Dodgers. 
Hmm, I'm gonna go twins. Wow. He's trying to jinx it. All right, go ahead. This guy is so Homer that his last name is Simpson. Uh, I'll go the field. Oh, this that was the right time to pick the field for sure. Yeah, I had to. That was the right time. I'm gonna go Rangers. Last pick. Rangers. They're because the, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones right? with the money. Um, so you got Cubs and Giants left. Giants. I think it's going to be West Coast, West Coast, or someone that we had no idea was in the running. I agree. I think the Cubs are the weakest. All right. So there we go. We just uh, we just made the pool. We'll see. If we'll we'll come back to this when it gets figured out. Wow. I feel bad. We should have snake drafted that. No. 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 No need to snake draft. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with my picks. Okay. <laughs> I would have liked the field, but you know you can't you can't get everything. All right, you want? Why don't we do? Let's do this a little draft style as well with these notable free agent closer options. I like it. And we'll see who um, who grabs the most um, who grabs the most saves. Ooh, most these. saves! So I thought you two. were maybe going to yeah. say most contract dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, that can be a side. <laughs> Uh oh, this oh man, this is tough. Board, so board bet who who's gonna get the most? Who's gonna get the most saved? Which who can assemble the team with the most saves? Way David Two, assemble three, the team with four, the most five, saves. There's six. Six. This, this Ooh, works. Six. Nice. All right. Yeah. So I'll give you the first. Are we gonna do snake style? Snake style this you know time. What? Yeah. Team gave team with the most saves. One, so. Wade Davis first. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Greg Holland because I think that you're gonna take him next. Yep. That's that's a good good pick. I'm gonna take Tony Watson here. Oh, good. You left my guy. I'm taking Brian Shaw. That yeah, those those are the two that I would sit on too. He's gonna be he's gonna be the wild this, card. One of these guys is gonna be a forty Oh, I agree. <laughs> 40 and save. You know who it's not gonna be? Guy. It's not gonna be Brandon Kinsler, so give me Jake McGee. Oh. <laughs> this this is a fun one. This was a fun draft because Brandon Kinsler was clearly the just <laughs> the terrible one here. Uh. All right, I'm happy with this team. I think they can assemble more saves. This is a hilarious. Okay, bet. I'm gonna change the rules now that I have Brandon Kinsler <laughs> instead. It's gonna be saves plus holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do a side first uh. to lose the job thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'll take Brandon Kinsler's five saves. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. All right, this week, just a massive study in the work that we have been doing for the Sloan Abstract. So without further ado, I'm going to let Eric talk to you about what he did over Thanksgiving. Okay, while we were away. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of the break getting my head back into the game. Back into the GC game, as now we're calling it. GC, short for growth chart, as I figured out after like two hours of working on Mike scripts. Um, and I ended up building a pretty sizable list of questions that vacillate from the mundane to the important that I want to work out with you, Mike. All right, so this might be a quick one, or this might take forever. Um, I... I spent my time over the turkey day break building out functions that did the actual graphing piece of it. Mike has spent a lot of time in the data, playing with the data, doing um, summary statistics on the data. And then I, I took some of his work, ran with it, so that we had functions that built out the graphs. One of the big things that I was doing early on was trying to build the functions for flexibility so that they could handle both... Um, 
Mike had two types of dictionaries that he set up to manage the stats. There were game stats. That was that was statistics by the game that the person actually played versus day stats, which were just day of the year, you know, as, as you went along. Um, it's not viable to maintain the functionality for both of those. So I've basically cut anything that supported the day stats and I'm going to a strict interpretation of the of the game stats. No, I think I think that was the right thing to do. The day stats was built out originally because I thought there was a chance that we'd want to divide things, slice things up arbitrarily by month, you know, because that's sort of a language that yeah, okay. people yeah. people use in the MLB. And like, you know, they might divide things up by like the people are t- used to thinking about traditionally like how they do in April versus how they do in September. And so yeah. I was thinking yeah. okay. that was the original reason that I kept all that. I agree that the way that we've taken the project, it makes a lot more sense to just do the game stats. And I think that with the things that you've shown me over the past couple of days, that that was the right decision. Okay, third point, percentile development. This is where that lit review, which is not writing itself, is supposed to come in handy. Um, first things first, are we keeping the piecewise function? I think so. Functionality. I think it looks pretty good now at this point. It looks better now. Um, yeah. Once we have it by games played, it just makes a lot more sense intuitively. Um, okay. We can do that. Now, the other thing is, are we accepting the Python numpy defaults in generating the percentiles? Because <sighs> we have a couple of options based in that in that function, or we could really try to replicate what the cdc or the or who does which sounds incredibly convoluted i agree i you know i don't in principle i have no problem in principle writing it like writing the technique out we can do that you know it's it's not that hard um i'm just not sure if we want to do it <laughs> right time wise doesn't really make sense and i think think that our argument is that we want to we don't want to bias our view of the data which is what which is all that our lit review is really going to say about health um health organizations and developing percentile curves is that they have an idea of what they're supposed to look like that's very smooth follow very um curvo linear paths that are pretty and are easy to understand. We're talking to data scientists, so we're not as concerned about that. I think, you know, there is, this is a, this is a discussion that we've sort of had before, that there is a discrete, there is some element of discreteness in this data. The data set ultimately, while large over the course of all the players in the MLB, is not so large that we should always expect these curves to be perfectly smooth especially in right. things like home runs. Is this something that we add to the conclusion about in the future we want to build these growth charts as being more of a of a moving window of like this data should really be built on 2005 through 2017? Like one of the baseball papers I was reading from last year had the the one about trying to identify steroid users mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. <laughs> 
disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. We are not trying to find shared <laughs> users. But if we did, this is how we would do it. Yeah. Does really you know, they had numbers. 20 years of data. And it's like, wow, everything looks so much smoother. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm inclined to believe that we want the discreteness noise in there for a number of reasons because our one of our business objectives is to identify players using smaller and smaller sample sizes and so having a sense of what the real discreteness noise in there is important okay but otherwise accepting python defaults on the percentile function numpy default i think so i i don't see why not (laughs) fourth point i'm starting to tinker with the general plot stuff we're already talking about this is there anything that i've removed that you like and it sounds like you do like the plot box so we can keep that i don't like the plot box i don't need the plot box i'd be fine with just an x-axis though it is kind of fun having it explode out of there (laughs) i kind of i don't know well you know one thing that we could do is if we wanted to be super styling we could just get rid of the upper the upper and right side of the plot uh, the lines that close the whole thing okay. and then it doesn't and then you can't tell that it's on top of anything i mean the plots are just they're that. just open over there and it just looks like you know they can grow forever yeah why don't we do All that right, let's do that plus it gets us away totally away from people thinking that we're just doing default python in part that's also why i changed the fonts because uh-huh. and i think we have to go bold solely because in a world where somebody does print this paper for some weird bizarro reason instead of just carrying it around on their ipad you need to be able to see it yeah okay i'm in do you have a font is that the is your default font something special no it's just a it's just the default sans serif if we're gonna have the labels on the um, percentiles i don't think that we need to have a key no and then are you cool with the the blurbs in gc gc2 i actually like the blurbs yes yeah do we want to add blurbs on gc3 or i haven't gotten to the point where i'm actually mapping where i'm actually drawing out the graph of the second derivatives is that something that we want to i was thinking about that i might try to i might try to bust that out i don't know that it's worth spending a bunch of time on well i'm just into i'm just now i've got like my mind around what you're deep into it all right then do it then it's worth it why not if you change the stupid plot shit, I'm not. Oh, 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 oh. all right. I'll fuck with plots. You, yeah. You, if you do can that. get. All right. This is yeah. This wasn't a battle against you. This is a battle against Matt. Got Bartlett. it. I understand. If you want to beautify these a little bit that way, I will try to get the second derivative stuff. I do actually want to beautify them. Okay, good. Thank you for letting me loose on that. Wide-ranging conversations sometimes lead to unexpected places. Here's an outtake. Do you ever, you ever like trim your fingernails right out of the shower when your fingernails are just a little too soft and you go a little too far back? No, I don't. Because exactly what you just said. Today, it just happened. You know, I got it. And so, ah, ah, man, Mm. crap. There's that. And when you have the knife and you hit your fork a little bit, just the same kind of. Yeah, no, doesn't hurt at all but you just like feel it in places that you don't want to. So I spent a little time on an email chain with a former coworker. Um, he got me thinking about a few different things. We talked about these a little bit 
off air and I've been stewing on them a little bit more. So additional split examples. This might not be functionality that we include in the paper. We talk about including in the paper down the line. But there are a couple of additional split examples that we may want to include in this work. So right now, we can define for any one of these graphs, we can graph the growth chart across over all players or just a subset, a split of the data. So right now, we look at everything by position because we're fantasy heads. So it's all position um, relevant. But some of the examples that I was given that we should think about are height, weight, age, MLB tenure, and then right versus left-handed. I know you've spent a bunch of time looking at age, and I think that you know in our data discussion we're going to want to talk about why we didn't include age in this. But are any of these other ones looking interesting to you to split out the honestly the first one that i would split is not one that's even listed here which is al versus nl Ooh, ah geez we are fantasy people <laughs> i mean that's relevant for for that i i would say it's it's relevant in this in the sense that it's another piece of common lore wisdom you know that yeah. the, the stats are going to be better the hitting stats are going to be slightly better in the al and I'm, I mean, they are. I'd be curious to see what <laughs> I'd be curious to see what level that manifests itself at in growth charts. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Do you think that it's doable? I think that the height weight might be hard. AL versus NL would be really hard because the signal is going to be so small in the interleague play era. Because <sighs> how you know, there's a whole host of things. How do you decide to split it? Or is it when they're, I mean, you have to split it ultimately when they're in an NL ballpark, which you could do. It's just another level of, because you have to, you have to do it. Is the pitcher in yeah, the see. lineup or not? So it's not as simple as AL versus NL. It's, is a pitcher in the lineup or not? Right. Cause that's a real question. It's not AL versus NL. It's really nine hitters or eight hitters and a pitcher. That's right. Okay. Very interesting. What about the right versus left? I guess we should really have R versus L versus S. I worry that you I worry that you're going to run into so many park effects there that we're not ready to control for. So, included in the paper <laughs> as a we we will be adding this and just never add it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what okay. we do. I think that sounds good. That sounds good. MLB tenure? That one should be easy. That one that one should be easy. Okay, that should be a a complicated not complex problem it's just like a bunch of steps to get grab that information that's right. that's right i mean ultimately you can it's not that hard to do the question is when you know there's a <laughs> there's so many things to decide another level of things to decide like what is there a certain number of plate appearances that you have to wait until they've accumulated to start counting the year like does it count if they came up for their september cup of coffee and then they yeah like does that count as a year like you know you have to decide where that is what's games played yeah could be games played yeah <laughs> i mean it's... do everything by games played holy sh that would be a lot to think through i've envisioned i've i've dreamt about that in my wildest dreams you know the like the full-on games played <laughs> oh chart. my god yeah that's gonna be so long you would love to have that of joey Votto in your office I'm, right i'm making that it's gonna happen <laughs> 
It's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to sell T-shirts at the conference. <laughs> oh my gosh! It would be so, oh my. It would be so awesome if you had like a player go the whole way across your chest and onto your yes. back. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'd get Ken Griffey. Mm. Oh, that'd be that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Okay, confidence bands. Now, I don't know that we're going to be able to. I don't know how we'd include this into our work in terms of these final full year growth mm-hmm. charts, but it got me thinking in the abstract, we talk about forecasting and we haven't talked about forecasting in a little while. Um, how should we be splitting up samples to look at mid season data? Do you have any ideas of randomizing this to like, uh-oh, you set it off. You, you, no, you just, you hit it. I think that, you the best way to make confidence bands is assuming that there's no correlation with when things happen in the season which is not explicitly true but that's the assumption that you make you shuffle all the game data and remake these and this especially works with your um with the linear regression fitting so you basically take the slope out of each seven game period and ultimately they're all going to sum it's always going to sum up to the total so you just kind of build out a different path to the sum total and you show certain guys are going to have wider bands because they're hotter colder hotter colder hotter colder oh, I see. Yeah. so that would be how i would forecast this is i would go back i would shuffle everything up refit it and see how different the line is are we going to be able to add are we going to just talk about that no i can no we can do that to the paper that would be awesome that i i get it yeah no i see what you're saying yeah that would be so we could do that at any point within the season you could give a confidence band of basically drawing out the linear regression equation that's right and you could and you could try and you could try and i can envision where you try and shrink the interval you say you know i'm only going to take a the 30 closest games to this one specific time you know, if right. if you do yeah. believe that there is a um, that a player can get better over the course of the season or get worse over the course of the season, you might want to try and get a more accurate confidence band than the whole year. But I don't know. Yeah, I do. This does feel like sort of the uh, the rankings spreadsheet. Just like gonna tinker a little bit. Last thirty games, how are we gonna wait that? Last thirty games for full season. That's very much like game. that, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I, hopefully, I've got you. Uh, I've got you thinking in a direction. Um, now, last thing, this guy uh, mentioned Chris Bryant as being mm-hmm. this this really super steady guy. And all he could think was, just look across the diamond, man. Mr. Steady. Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Like, why would you be talking about Chris Bryant when you could be talking about... I was thinking Anthony Rizzo. And then I was like, I'm going to take a look at this. Who is steadier? I <laughs> I put the two of them in there. Uh, Rizzo and Chris Bryant in GC2, the one that draws mm-hmm. out the linear regression model. Anthony Rizzo has an R squared of one. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That's so good. I mean, it's like 
it's like 99 to the 99999999. And Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant is 0.99. But the MAE is lower. It's just like, yeah, no, this is exactly it. This is exactly what I expected when you're looking at hits over the course of the season. That's amazing. That's really funny. All right, so lastly, assuming we don't kill each other in the next week writing this thing, where else do we submit an abstract? <laughs> I, I, you know, I think there's no shortage of methodological uh, journals that you could submit this to. Methodological journals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that right as soon as we finish this. Right as soon as we finish this. Let's take a little break and then, yeah. Well, you said it. Let's take a little break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to wrap this sucker up? Let's do it. Tell me about the twins and how the idea for aces, the ace hunt, is going. Everybody, everybody with a pulse is being listed. Yep. And from the the wildly ridiculously speculative, it's never going to happen, guys. And talking about them like they're basically on the team, aka Chris Chris Archer and Garrett Cole, to Guys where it's like, why are you calling him an ace? Why is he in the conversation with other players who are legitimately aces? Because we took Phil Hughes and turned him into something. And so now... One year. Exactly. (laughs) Turned him him into one year. Picked Bartolo Colon up and he actually managed to put together a serviceable campaign. uh, Oh yeah, he took him off the scrap heap. I mean, he split his era into two you know i think it might be the paul molitor manager of the year golden touch oh yeah no he'll bring in (laughs) he'll bring in those top prospects i i don't know i mean everybody in minnesota has rightly identified that the pitching staff is a severe issue but they have not identified the fact that we that they will never spend enough money to compete on the top tier of pitching no the top tier pitching is expensive. It is expensive, shit, expensive, expensive to get up there. And the Twins are never going to do that. I mean, the Red Sox spent $300 million for a guy who's now a middle reliever. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and they are not, and they weren't mad about it in, in Boston and Massachusetts during the playoffs. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're just excited that he was actually playing yes. again. But speaking of things happening on the ground out here, I've tacked this one on. Carlos Santana talk. Did the Red Sox want him for first base? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, like, man. Mr. Fantasy replacement himself. Like, what? Where did that come from? Why? Why can't can we get Hanley back in the field? They're looking for it. It's, it's all about anybody that you can squint, and maybe it's David Ortiz is what happens. Yeah, I think oh. that is part of it. Same build? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> We need that. They tried it with Hanley. He was not big enough. They got to get someone more rotund. (laughs) Did you see the Lakers wearing the M? Yes. uh, The Minneapolis jerseys? Yes, I did. I know that Bill Simmons did a whole, like, Twitter rant about this, but isn't that insane? That's so rude infuri- to yeah, do. there is a team there <laughs> like are the thunder gonna start magic gonna start wearing supersonics jerseys <laughs> like could you imagine like what happens if, if they do that that's yeah i mean 
if Sacramento wanted to put on Kansas City or Rochester yeah. or what was it, Cincinnati, you know, good for them. Those teams don't have NBA teams. Yeah. But, you know, just because it's Minnesota <laughs> Timberwolves and not the Minneapolis Timberwolves doesn't mean that you, you can't, like, walk all over yeah, them. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was, that was just brazen. I know. I was so mad. But anyway. Did. Yeah, don't blame uh. me. Well, I think that brings us to the review session. Cranberry sauce. little turkey day thematic here. I actually, I selected this from the candidates because I, I have to come clean on something, which is that prior to meeting you, I never put cranberry sauce on a leftover turkey sandwich after thanksgiving whoa <laughs> and you did it and you just i remember i remember you just you did it and you did it like with such confidence like this is how things are and i was like what a bizarre scenario <laughs> who would do such a thing and then i tried it and uh you know, life is different now it's pretty darn, <laughs> i know it's pretty darn good is it not <laughs> A turkey sandwich with cranberry sauce yeah. is super, super good. I was reading some article. I think it was a, a New England-based newspaper that was writing it about how it was essentially that. It was like, did you know that people around the country don't put <laughs> cranberry sauce in their turkey sandwiches? <laughs> yeah, they don't. I, I had never, oh. I had never done that until you know, a fresh-faced eighteen-year-old was like, "Whoa." <laughs> This is culinary delights. (laughs) You have the savory and the sweet and the sour and the bitter all in one. And to me, it's it's really, you know, any kind of cranberry sauce. I have to say I'm happy with a huge range of cranberry sauces. You might I feel like you have a more nuanced palate. Me, I'll do full gelatinized, you know, just basically the jello in a can all the way down to just stewed berries. I'm, you know, I actually don't have a preference for the highly elaborate um, cranberry sauces. This is a surprise. The stuff in the, I always preferred the um, the gel in the can as a kid. Like, if you want to cut it up into little <laughs> nice circles, yeah. it's like I think that has a little bit of an appeal on the plate. <laughs> the plating of that is very, uh, very pretty last couple of years i've been doing the cranberry sauce just doing the bag where it's just like boil water put the bag in then put enough sugar in so that it's preserved for like a year except i've been doing it with honey oh only because i didn't have any honey last year when i did this (laughs) i no i didn't have i'm sorry i didn't have any sugar last year so i did it with honey instead and i was like you know what pretty darn good (laughs) cranberries are good Agreed. Let's just we'll leave it at that one. Um, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you too. Yeah!